without financial backing he couldn't do anything so he had an idea he's been against the PGA Tour for many many years why uh, I mean it made him for God's sake Ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to the most listened to golf media podcast in the UK the award winning Bunker Golf Podcast in association with Callaway with your host for this one Bryce Ritchie sitting opposite me <laughs> Giggling his head off, wondering why I've not made a mess of this already, is our digital editor, Michael McEwen. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Mr. Ritchie. Seamless start. Yeah. Well done. No edits yet. Well, that's <laughs> that's to be determined. We'll see. But yeah, very, very strange dynamic this, isn't it? I know. You sitting in the host chair. We did say that we were going to do this. We were going to get to the last yeah. episode of the year and you would sit behind all the buttons. Are yeah. you Are you overwhelmed by them? No. What does that button do? Yeah, don't press yeah, that. No, don't press that. that. So how are we? Good. Yeah, very good. Very excited for Christmas. I must admit, I'm I'm a little bit. I don't. I feel like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands because usually I'm <laughs> pressing buttons and, and turning volumes up and down. But today I'm just I'm sitting back, relaxing, and just. I, I'm, I'll tell you what. I'm excited for the chance to speak. That's yeah, going to be quite good. Usually so. that's me. Usually, yeah. But I have to say, already we're a couple of minutes in, and that, this is pretty easy. All right, okay, yeah. I don't yeah. know what the big deal is. You making this? Only an hour to go. I know. Yeah, an hour. That's quite <laughs> worrying. So you mentioned Christmas. This mm-hmm. is the last podcast we're going to do of 2022. It is podcast number one one five. Ooh, and uh, and they said Christmas. it would never last. And they said it. Well, who said that? Well, former managing director, but he's not here now. He's not here anymore. <laughs> don't you worry about that. So, yeah. Christmas I don't know coming. whether we should talk about golf or Christmas. And I think I know you well enough that you love your Christmas. Oh. I love my Christmas. I put my tree up technically a week early. Well, I mean, for you, that's that utterly a, remarkable. That is early. As yeah. you'll hear a little bit later on, the, the bold and the great Colin Montgomery had some words of advice for you about your Christmas tree. Really? Yes, we've got Monty coming on a little bit later. See, I can't help myself. I'm defaulting into See, the host's job. Jog on. That is my job to introduce <laughs> our guests. But yes, when we're talking about trees, Monty, uh, Monty did have some perils of wisdom or some criticisms for you about that but i'm glad it's okay. up ours has been up since the first of december and so. it's a real it has to be a real tree not in the queen household doesn't you have a fake tree i think I actually so. i think we discussed this last year you have a fake tree that's horrifying we do and it's purely because there's a good reason for it the heating in our house the type of heating that we've got the pine oh needles just fall straight Honestly, off I, so I'm not just, I'm not buying that. My wife said that the, the pine needles will come off in two weeks. I was like, no, they won't. It's totally true. Short of going around and spraying it with glue, I don't think there's much no. I can do about it. But no. it's, listen, it's not how I would choose to have it, but it's how I've I don't it. understand somebody who's keen on Christmas, loves Christmas, has a fake tree. That's disgusting. So yours is up? Ours is up. And we actually had slightly difference. I like a fat tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this year we've gone with quite a tall, skinny one. And my wife said that'll never fit. She always says that. Says that'll never fit. And I had to chop a wee bit off the top. Did so you really? Right, yeah. But it's a thin tree for the first time. All right, okay. A slim fit Christmas tree. Slim fit Christmas. <laughs> that's that's very, very trendy. But you are a trendy family, I Thank guess. Thank you. Can I also point something out, Bryce, before we get into anything else? It's now the right, it's the fourteenth of December. Yeah. Why have you still got a blue tick? I don't have a blue tick. 
You did last see, night. See that? No, I didn't last night. That is incorrect. See, I thought you would bring hang up stuff on, to slag me on, off as a host. On. But as a journalist, you should know your facts. golf. Oh, it's gone. Oh, geez. Okay, fair it enough. It has gone. And I also noticed that it's gone up to like £11. Has it really? I think it's £11 for a tick now. A month? Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a lot of money, isn't it? Get a grip, Elon. I know. So, no, I, well, that's fine, because it was definitely there a couple of days ago, at least. Yeah. So, what what took it so long? Why did you get an extra couple of weeks out of it? Is it just because you're not paying it was, attention? It, it was meant to finish on December the 1st, and then they said it was going to finish on the 10th, and I actually think it finished about two days ago. So right, okay. I think it's the way Twitter is. As Twitter, as, as people who are involved in the platform, it's just become a total shambles. <laughs> it's a mess. So, it's I think a, I got more from a 699. It's going from 280 characters to about 5,000, so people can now upload the essays. And, uh, yeah. we're, we're witnessing the slow death of Twitter. Yeah, we might well be witnessing that. And I, but I think for your £11, you get to upload really long-form videos, which I do think is that's quite okay. cool. Yeah. But then that's why YouTube exists. Yeah, so. and now I need to be more careful about my tweets because I don't have the 30 seconds to edit it before it goes live. So, oh, so you say. actually have to yeah. think about what you're going to tweet. Yeah, which is, you know, that's my job. Anyway, Not so. a bad thing. Yeah, no. yeah yes, you're very, very true. So we haven't had a bunkered night out. No, that's true. Which yeah. is quite poor. Well, you're the boss. You could have uh, done something about it. Yeah, that. so I think that's my fault. So yep. I think we'll probably do that in January because let's be honest, we don't have time now. So we're going to start with a review of the year. And it could be quite a bore, this, because not much has happened this year. <laughs> it's been pretty dull. The majors were dull. You know, the tours were the tours, you know. Just another year in golf. Grassroots golf was fairly, you know, standard so there's not much going on so <laughs> i want to um start the year i want to finish the year and mention how you started the year michael McEwen. oh here we golf go golf journalist yeah yeah here's what you said on the very first podcast we did in 2022 you've gone back and listened you brought you're, your you're knowledge such a to the table and this is what you said you said ricky fowler will win multiple times <laughs> On the PGA Tour this year. So bear in mind, listeners, when you're listening to Michael's review of the year, he talks pish. Take it with a pinch of salt. Yes, lots of salt. Because Ricky oh had one top 10 and missed nine cuts. What a top 10 it was, though. That was a cracking top 10. And I think he finished outside the 125 on the FedEx. So it was a honking year for Ricky. Not what I had in mind. And yeah, not great, was it? No. So no. I look back on that now and... <laughs> I can only reflect by saying, oh, Ricky dear. let me down. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I didn't get it wrong so I, much as Ricky just didn't play I, well I, enough. I, I'm not seen like that. I, I, I think you let yourself down, but let's move on. <laughs> so, um, what about the predictions I got right? Uh, didn't bother listening to them. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. I'm actually not, I didn't actually didn't listen to them. Did you get any right? Yeah, well, I said that Liv was going to take over, and it did. And you're okay. sitting there going, in this very seat, going, nah, no, never happen. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm too, or too strong, uh, yeah, well, mm. right, okay, okay. Let's start off with the standard boring one, which is player of the year. Who is your player of the year? That's uh, simple, and you know already. Uh huh. Pat Perez. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, there's there's really. I know that you can say there's a lot of candidates, and there are a lot of candidates for the short list. All right, so Ataya Titical, for example, fresh out of. The amateur ranks, 19 years old, whatever she is, won two times in the LPGA, three top eight finishes in the five women's majors. She got to world number one. That's 
phenomenal. Cam Smith, players champion, open champion, won another couple of times across tours. He's a candidate. Scotty Scheffler had an incredible. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler had uh, an incredible purple patch that went on longer than most purple patches. Fantastic, but it's Rory McIlroy. He is head and shoulders above everybody else who would be on that shortlist. We have spoken about Rory more than I think any other player on this podcast since it started two and a bit years ago, and we have been critical of him. But we've we've done it in a fair and constructive way. We've pointed out where the problems lay. You know, the the statistical to in, in terms of his approach play from 150 yards and so on, the number of greens he was hitting, that wasn't good enough. We pointed out the, the flaws that we thought he had mentally. He was a little bit mentally weak at times and looking for answers in weird places like Ogmandino's books and so on. And we said that at the start of this year, there was a lot of pressure on Rory to fix those things and come out and become the Rory McIlroy that we all know and love again. That was quite a big ask, but lo and behold, he's done it. You know, yes, he hasn't won a major. Fine, I get it. But when you consider what Rory has done on the course as well as off it, carrying the burden of the PGA Tour and being its heat shield, I get for like Jay Monaghan and the execs Bang that on. can't or won't speak up. For Rory to do all of that and still perform at a better level than he's done since the pandemic, I tip my captain wholly. His stats are unreal. Inside the top 20 on strokes gain putting for the first time in the PGA Tour in his career. Simplified things in terms of his swing, going back to working with Michael Bannon exclusively, that's worked. He's tightened his team around him. You know, Brad Faxon, Bob Rotella, Michael Bannon, Harry Diamond... Sean O'Flaherty, who deals with off-course, really tight unit, and that's enabled him to just focus on the things he wants to get right and fix the things that were wrong. The change in Rory this year is extraordinary, and I'm a fan, obviously, as we've covered, and I am so excited about the potential Listen, for next year. I, we're all fans. I don't really know, apart from the, the, the haters on uh, Facebook groups, I don't really know anyone that doesn't obsess about Rory what's not to like yeah Rory's our saviour he's our modern mm. day big European star and uh, no offence to Nick Faldo but mm. he, he is and you're quite right all the pressure that he had to deal with I think it's impressive that we're talking about a guy that didn't win a major championship and we're talking him as our player of the year I think there's a lot more that goes into player of the year than just the number of times you win yeah, Don't tell sports personality of the year I know that. that. Jeez, well, oh. that's just a lot of guff. <laughs> um, but it, it, he's he's dealt with so much. I think you're right that the the all the stuff he's had to deal with with living in the background. I think I think he's dealt with that really well. Mm -hmm. It was much much easier for Rory to be like Tiger and just ignore it. Oh, totally, and yeah. not really put himself in the spotlight because when Tiger did quite eloquently mouth off for about seven and a half minutes on live. Oh, in St Andrews, yeah. yeah. We all stood up and listened. Mm. Now, Rory's done that on not necessarily a weekly basis, but he's not been scared to speak. But for him to come out and put in the performances he's done, he is a winner this year. And to be honest, should he have won the Open at St Andrews? That's a really tough one to say because Cam Smith has had an unbelievable year as well, as you say. I think we're in a great position for next year what we've got to be excited about. I think if you're talking about one guy this year, I think we can both agree 
Rory's been the star of the show. And 100%. That's, you, you still look back at what Scott Scheffler did at the start of the year. I remember those early couple of months. They were phenomenal. Yeah. It was great watching Scott Scheffler. But it didn't quite continue. And we said that at the time. How long is this going to go on? How, how good can he continue mm-hmm. to be? It went on longer than we expected, yeah. but it did still finish. Yeah. That's the key thing. Uh-huh. And with Rory, it, it never stopped. Uh-huh. You know, he's finished the season in phenomenal form, which, cast your mind back 12 months ago, he was ripping his polo shirt open in Dubai. Yeah. He wasn't in a good spot. Yeah. And then we've got that continuous thing where Rory goes for his Christmas dinner and he's got to come back and he's got to keep it going. And that is what Rory has potentially struggled to do. He's always yeah. had the momentum... It's how he keeps that momentum and gets over the line in the majors. Yeah. And we've always talked, we're not going to talk about Masters again because God knows we're going to have so many Masters specials <laughs> next year. I think we should do a Masters countdown every week. Oh, yeah. But that may bore people. Or? Or it may really excite them. So, but you are quite right. And listen, you know, Rory, I don't think, he's going to have to pick up where he left off in January and that can be a hard thing after, you know, not playing yeah. for a few weeks. But, he doesn't have all the issues to overcome this January that he had last January. So yeah. there, there is real cause for excitement if he just sticks on the path that he's on. Yeah. And look, you know, top eight in all four majors, was he? I can't think of a major that he lost. You know, Cam Smith won that open. Rory yeah. didn't lose but it. I, I think if you, if you, if you were to um, ask Rory's uh, ask Rory's peers who they think is the best player in the world, they're going to pick Rory. Mm-hmm. I'm always of the opinion that, to me, Ronaldo is the best player out of all the players right now when he was at his peak. I still think Ronaldo was the best. But Cristiano or Christ, fat? Cristiano. Right. Or Ronaldo, that's a different conversation. We're talking about present day. Right, okay. But if you look at it, most football players pick Messi mm-hmm. because they know the intricacies of what he does and they just see it differently. There's also a bit of popularity there. There's well. a wee bit, yeah. But to be fair, I think if you were to take Cristiano at his peak. Yeah. Oh, it's just delicious. Why but can't you have both? Because we do have both. We do have both. I know. That's why I find those arguments so boring. I know. Like, who's better? Well, but I think if you were phenomenal. to ask, you know, get a roundup of the top 100 players in the world, they would pick Rory as the best mm-hmm. player. So I think we're happy. I'd love that. to know what Seve would think of Rory. Oh, I'd love him. It's such a shame that he never got to see him. I know. Because Seve had that great quote that's been churned out way too often so I'm not going to bore you with it again but the one about Sandy Lyle and being the best if we all played our best in the world uh, and I would come second Sandy be first yeah. class I'm sure he would say the same now but about Rory yeah someone let's find out who is the opposite of Seve who is the bore of the year or we're talking about an individual or it can be anything you want bore it's just bore of the year Oh, I mean, there's, look, there's loads of candidates. I actually found this one quite a tough category when I was doing my homework last night because, you know, when you sit in this chair, it's imperative that you do some homework. That's it. Yeah. You can't just wing it. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Is that a dig? Take it whichever way you like. <laughs> <laughs> Board of the year. I mean, there's been a few. I'm, I'm not going to go so much people as things. And it's very tempting to say the noise about live, but... How can you find that boring? That was phenomenal. I don't think Liv has been boring. It's been exhausting, but not boring. It's been, in fact, it's been the complete opposite of boring. What do I find boring? It's things like (laughs) the World Rankings chat has really worn me down because that is something that 
people could get around the table quite easily. We know that the the board members of that speak on a regular basis anyway. Maybe not as a group, but they surely got a WhatsApp group that they speak on. It feels like they could resolve this quicker and easier and put us all out of our misery than they're currently doing. There may be legal reasons why they're holding it up. Don't know, but all the chat about not so much whether live players should get it, but the changes to the rankings and, oh, well, you know, we're now not getting enough points, but they are, and it's just... We can talk about that stuff till the cows come home, and God knows we and others have, but there's only one resolution to that, and that sits with a group of seven or eight people. Why have they done nothing about this? Why have they allowed this noise to escalate without doing something? It's 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 numbers and all that. So it's just oh, it's just so trivial. That really grinds my gears. It's just that so many players who made a decision that they knew would cost the world ranking status are now complaining that the world rankings are not where they should be. And they're not. No these one's players, going to convince me that Dustin Johnson is the 40th best no, golfer in the world. And these players, but, but that's their call. Of course it is, yeah. And these players were not talking four years ago about how the guys on the Asian tour should be getting more ranking points. Mm-hmm. There was a slight complaint and moan about Hero Challenge and these end of season invitational events, fine. But it wasn't any as it wasn't as noisy as it is now. And I do think there's a bit of entitlement oh, yeah. when it comes to the world rankings. Yes, they're not they're they're not perfect. They never have been. But to even suggest that we don't need world rankings is madness. I don't understand that logic either. It feels like that the world rankings is a fundamentally important part of the game. It's a fundamentally important part of how major fields are comprised and that's the thing that as far as men's professional golf goes, that's the bit we care most about. Who's playing in the majors? Yeah. So it shouldn't be difficult but yeah. it feels like this this procedural thing that should exist in the background and has existed in the background has been brought to the foreground and everyone's talking about it but nobody's fixing it and that is both thoroughly frustrating and thoroughly boring just yeah. get around the table and sort it out Bore of the year I actually don't have an answer for this because I can't remember I've sat and thought I'm bored you mm-hmm. bore me it's more of annoying me is mm-hmm. the, the main live commentator I can't even remember his name oh Arlo White awful yeah just dreadful mm-hmm. I don't know why they've got him if, if they've got such a great product, I don't they know need why they paid them the amount of money yeah. they gave them either. So that's why they brought in Fairty and so on yeah. and these guys and whatever. But that that's kind of bored me. But it's not really bored me. It's just annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Patrick Reed annoyed me. Pa- I was going to say Patrick Reed's lawyer, but my God, he was just hilarious. Entertainment. That's Absolutely. not boring. He's entertainment king of the year. <laughs> Larry Clayman. I mean, wow. Yeah. Brilliant. I would. Would you would not have him represent you? Would you? I don't want anyone to represent me. Well, that of course, I'm in trouble. Yes, true. Unless I'm suing someone, which I don't have any money to do. Yeah, so I mean, if you were suing and he's clearly a prosecutor, would you choose Larry Clayman to no. re- represent you? No, I don't think you would. I don't think I would. I'd rather have you represent me. I'd do a better job. I you certainly wouldn't do. be sending out press releases letting the world know that I'm suing somebody yeah. for 750 million arbitrary dollars. Okay. Should also say WHS as well. That continues to be just a thoroughly boring conversation. Upset of the year. Mm. Tough one, this. I've actually got two. Go ahead. I'm upset that Rory left it so late at Augusta. Oh, that upset to me is an upset. In, That's oh, an upset right. of the year to me. 
I see that as an upset of the year. You've interpreted this category that you've yeah. yourself invented differently. So you're calling it upsetting moment of the year. It could be that. Could okay. be anything you want. I, I, I invented the category. It can be as you wish. Yeah, that to me was a, I was just like, just finish the job. Mm-hmm. Start it earlier though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> upset of the year. It's a tricky one. You're quite right because it was thrilling what Rory did on the 72nd, you know, holding out for Eagle and celebrating the way he did and then Morikawa following him in and it was just, it was awesome. But at the same time, whilst that was happening, there was a part of me going, yeah, oh well. I know. It's great, but, you know, there was a very significant but. So, upset of the year. I don't think it's an upset so much. More of a, a pleasant surprise, but Ashley Buhai winning the Women's Open at Muirfield. Mm-hmm. You know, finally getting across the line of the LPG. My event. God, that went on forever. <laughs> they might still be there. Her husband probably still is lying yeah, that, there, that, that, that recovering. Wasn't, that wasn't right. No, it wasn't. That, that Actually, I'll tell you, let's go back to Boar. Boar of the year was that playoff. Not anything to do with the players. Phenomenal players yeah. who hit phenomenal shot after phenomenal shot. Why do you keep playing 18 over and over again? Do something different. Do something different, exactly. I know. That ended up being a bit boring. So, mm. yeah, I'm going to go back there. I'll probably come back to upset of the year as well with, with something. Holy shit moment of the year. Yeah, there's lots. There are quite a few. The obvious one there is... Has to be Phil Mickelson's interview, yeah. which wasn't yeah. an interview. Well, he said it wasn't an interview, but Alan Shipnick said it was. But when you get paid what turned out to be $100 million mm-hmm. to join a new tour... And then you call your paymasters scary mother. <laughs> that was a holy shit moment. Absolutely. Big style. Yep. And, you know, in the latest issue, you can read all about certain somebody's comments on that because that could have thrown the whole thing. Well, it effectively did for it did. two, yeah. three weeks. But what we're discovering now is that what Phil said there, that was as close as Liv got to not happening. Yeah. Not because of anything else, not because of the PGA Tour or anyone putting up a good fight against it. Phil nearly killed it from within. Uh-huh. And I have another holy shit moment because I, if, if regular listeners will know my thoughts on Liv and whether it was going to succeed or not, but I genuinely do remember watching the very first Liv mm-hmm. event. That first 20 minutes, do the countdown where we had the horrendous commentary and then we had the very first par in, oh, was yeah. it birdie and I can't remember. Second hole, the first birdie in live golf history. My God. Like, um, yeah, okay. When that happened, I thought, this is weird. And that was a new... How many other people have ever seen a new tour start? I know. That's such a good point. Yeah. And start at that level as well. I mean, there have been yeah. new tours start, but Not start at, at the level. very top with that's those a, players. That's a new tour. That was a, that was a real watershed moment, I think. Absolutely. Hopefully without, without overstating it. I was lucky enough to be there to see it all and... Even driving down, was it, I went down two days before the first round, even driving down, knowing I was going to that golf event, I had doubts as to whether or not that golf event was going to happen. That has never happened before in my career. Yeah, I remember somebody told me two weeks before that that they were struggling, mm-hmm. that, that they were worried about crowds and there were certain things that they didn't know whether it was, they actually, somebody said two weeks to go, they weren't sure whether it was going to happen. Yeah, And I, uh, I remember I text somebody who was in the know 
at the club and they said, no, that's not true. It is, we're, we are set to go. Mm-hmm. They're, they're ready. So it was, whether it was scaremongering from somebody, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it, it, they were all set to go. But you didn't get that vibe. No, you didn't. I didn't get that vibe that they were ready. And I think not at all. for you when you're driving into the... Even then, you still think, right, well, everything's in place, but there was still that element of doubt because of the, the threats that were being made to PGA Tour players in particular, you know, or the implied threat that if you play in this, you're now banned from the PGA Tour, potentially for life. You thought, is that going to be enough to make some people opt out? And it didn't in the end. Clearly, they'd signed contracts that they couldn't then renege on. That's a big part of it. But th- yeah, there was unquestionably a sense of doubt as, as I drove in. And that hour, so the half hour before the first shots and the half hour afterwards, I, again, I hope I'm not overstating it, but I feel like 20, 30 years from now, you know, if I'm still here, I'll look back on that as one of the most seismic moments mm-hmm. in my career because it was madness. Like, the players getting driven out in their taxis to their spots. <laughs> it's the spots. The dam busters flying overhead, the beef eaters on the first tee, piping Greg Norman onto it. Uh-huh. You thought, oh Christ, this is happening. Uh-huh. Balls in the air, go back into the media centre. PGA Tour doesn't release a statement because they don't do that. They release a memo to the players that gets leaked. Every player that's playing in this is now banned. <laughs> that's, I forgot all about that. Then that's 10 right. minutes later, Liv release a counter statement saying this is petty and childish. And it was just... I remember the desk I was sitting at, I glanced over to my left and there was James Corrigan from The Telegraph. Love James, so much respect for him and he has covered Liv brilliantly from the start and throughout. And I remember just glancing over to him and he glances back at me and we just sort of shook our heads and laughed. Couldn't say anything else because what can you say at that time? It's Some things just defy explanation and words and yeah, it was, it was a seismic moment. It definitely was a holy shit moment. And you're quite right, the Phil Mickelson thing with the the scary MFers. Yeah, that there, there's two, isn't there? Really? Yeah, that, when you, when you distill it down, there's Phil's comments and there's the yeah, first yeah. round. Biggest letdown of the year. Rory not getting the job done at St Andrews. Yeah. I, Biggest I, letdown actually was personally not getting to see the final round because I was floored with COVID. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I, slept, really died. I slept through it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, my, my... I get that, but... Even though we're all big Rory fans, you can't deny that guy was the champion golfer of the week. He was just phenomenal. Cam Smith, yeah. I thought I thought he genuinely in that back nine, I thought he was excellent. Did he get put under serious pressure by Rory? Did Rory really hold a putt after the 10th green? Not really. No. And what Cam Smith did at 17, you know, to keep it going, he's he actually he's, phenomenal. The golf. way he played 17 under pressure when he knows who, the guy who's behind him got to tip your captain that's impressive yeah I said this in the Skypod I actually think that Cam Smith's putt around the road hole bunker it's not sexy there's no top tracer with it shot of the year shot of the year most likely yeah, yeah. and yeah. the 12 footer that he holds afterwards is pretty decent too for me biggest letdown of the year is Henrik Stenson yeah giving up the Ryder Cup captaincy I think that was really disappointing I remember right at the start of um Getting into the golf industry, there was the talk of Woods, Duval, and I'm not sure whether Marco Mura was involved, but they wanted paid for the Ryder Cup, and that horrified people in the industry. And this whole th- idea that you know why are they playing for the country, not being financially rewarded, and it was mm. a huge issue, and it was they were just horrified by it. And you know there was 
elements of the European camp, I won't mention names, who said they should have been kicked out of the tournament forever because that's just disgusting. It's against the ethos of the entire Ryder Cup and everything that the, the, the Cup's been built on. So to come so many years later and have a guy walk away because someone's offered him money to go and play somewhere else at the cost of being the captain, which is meant to be the great honour. Nah, I thought that was disgusting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that Henrik's defence, and I'm not here to stand up for him by any means because I, I think what he did was appalling. I think you make a commitment and you see it through. You yeah. know, I, I firmly believe that Maybe this is idealistic, but I think people should be of their word. You should be a mm. man or a woman of your word. And Henrik would probably tell you that at the time that he was sounded out for the captaincy and really sort of aggressively approached, like, okay, you're our guy, will you do this? That was at the time that Rory was saying that Liv was dead in the water in the aftermath of Phil's comments. You had DJ, through the PGA Tour, let's not forget, DJ didn't release a statement, but the PGA Tour released a statement on his behalf saying he was committed to them, Bryson was opting out. These guys that, as we're now discovering, were the marquee names that were attached to Liv from the start were spooked by what Phil said. And as we're learning, that nearly killed the whole tour, what Phil did. In Henrik's position, had he been planning to join, as we assume he was, he's now found himself in a position where, well, that thing that I was counting on, I'm now not going to get it, so... Yeah, we'll do the Ryder Cup captaincy. Then he takes it. Then Liv launches and he's back to the point of, oh God, I've got a decision to make. Yeah. Problem is, Liv, I believe for him, would still have been there after the 23 Ryder Cup. So see that through, stick to your word, do the right thing. Yeah. But instead he, he put money ahead of an honour that I don't think you can put money on. And he certainly put it ahead of principle. So totally agree. Douchebag of the year. The guy at Nike who styles Tony Fino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Tony. That's his stylist needs to get the bullet. Yeah. I mean, God bless him. Tony's one of the nicest men in the game, but he dresses appallingly. It's and not, he I, must be getting paid a fortune it, to do oh, it. Oh, I'm sure he is. I like the clothes. I just don't like the colours. You like the floral pattern and the baggy yeah, fit? I, I, don't, I don't like... I, I, don't, I don't mind the fit. Oh my. It's the colours. It's like the. I just can't. I can't hang with that, man. Yeah, and Tony, Tony evidently can. You, you have to wonder how bad something has to be for Tony Fino to turn down wearing it. It's, it feels at this point like the Nike guys are just taking the piss. Some of the stuff they have, I have to say, and I, I know they want to stand out. And they've, they've can't, the funny thing is, like, Nike have effectively left the golf business. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But they have this apparel scene where they're they're just chucking money at players to wear and you mm. think they would get them to wear cool stuff you'd they think don't. yeah they just don't i don't see anyone trying to find that motherable home looking thing that tony was wearing at the start of the year no. it's, it's clever dreadful but yeah douchebag of the year <laughs> I, I, there are candidates here Bryce. Yeah, I, I um there's one that's a standout for me ashley perez She's definitely number two, along with her husband, on the list. I She's just come into that, golf. She she doesn't yeah. normally, she wouldn't normally feature wives. It's a bit unfair mm. to bring in a wife and, and and so on. But she has featured. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't want to see anything else. Other halves in golf, male or female, husbands or wives, should be part of the scenery. They should be part of the wallpaper. And she's not into that. She's 
making a big noise. I think what we've seen this year as well from Pat Perez, <laughs> there's a guy who blasted live, said, nah, I don't want anything to do with that, and then... Joined. Joined. When and the check he says it's the greatest thing ever. I and thought played I, honking golf and gets millions. Yeah, and is unapologetic for it. I thought his... Plays honking golf, gets millions, and wants world ranking points for playing honking golf. I've got a lot of American friends. I've got some American family even. So I hope this comes across the right way when I say that Pat Perez is exactly the kind of American I would choose not to associate with. Oh, God. We're just diametrically <laughs> opposed in every way. You look at the house with the... the Sorry, America. The, <laughs> just with the tackiness of it. I don't know what you. Oh, no, I do. I, I, I love America. <laughs> I'm, 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 just some Americans I don't like. Specifically Pat Perez. Wait, this isn't GB News. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they'd like him. All right, peers. Well, they probably would actually. Yeah. He's he's he he lacks what I would say uh, class, class and airs and graces. Yeah, and that's fine. Look, go for it. Crack on. He probably wouldn't want to be my pal either. So we're we've got that in common. Yeah. But yeah, I just I don't like the way he conducted himself. I don't like the I hated the t-shirt or the polo shirt that he wore with the hundred dollar bills, flashing your wealth in people's faces like that so ostentatiously. Read the room, mate. You know, read the room. But he doesn't care about that, evidently. And at his first press conference, the way he sat there up on the desk at live, so preposterous and arrogant, just do one. But he's not even the biggest douchebag of the year. That would be Sergio Garcia. Oh. By an absolute man. Sergio gets a tight in this pod. Listen, look, you and I both... I've admired Sergio for a long time. We've been Sergio fans for a long time, haven't we? His behaviour throughout the years has always... There's always been questions. You could always pick apart things that Sergio's done and say, no, that's not right. This year, it's like he has gone full throttle on the behaviour front from telling the PGA Tour rules officials, I can't wait to be done with this tour, before he joined Live, and that's well, you don't have to like the PGA Tour. I'm not saying you do, but handle yourself better. The guy was calling a ruling. Mm -hmm. That's his job. You don't have to make him look stupid. Then he joins Live and comes back to playing the DP World Tour at the BMW in Germany. We all now know what he was ranting and raving about to his fellow players in the locker room, saying that you know your tours and all that stuff. The BMW. At Wentworth, that walkout was just sickening, just repulsive. Walking out after after making all the the noise and being part of the big kerfuffle just to play, to then walk out after one round. And going to hang out at some football game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, fly back to America and post that picture of you and your wife standing pitch side at a college football match, knowing how that would be received. I mean, he's not that daft. Taking a place in the field from a young guy, a fellow countryman who was first reserve, who needed that start to try and make some money to keep his card on a tour that Sergio doesn't have any interest in, to then saying that, yeah, I'm not going to make myself part of the Ryder Cup team because I, I, I don't want to be somewhere that I'm not wanted. I want to feel loved. Mate, piss off. Yeah. So Absolutely. On, on piss off, we'll probably leave it there because we're running out of time for okay. our... our um, Round oh, up am I rambling? Yeah, oh, right, round okay. up year, yeah, you, you need to sort of cut down your answers. It's, a it, it's what happens in this seat. So, coming up in part two. You've missed one. I was going to say, that's where we're wrapping it up. Oh, are we? Right, can I just say then, unsung hero of the year, there's two, Ted Scott and Michael Bannon. Let's move on. Okay, good. We'll do the quiz now. Yeah, go for it. So, 
Uh, five questions. Bring it on. You don't have a... You've, you can write them down. Absolutely no Google. You know what? There's the okay. laptop closed. Do you want to get the answers now? We'll give you the answers later on. You can give me them later on. That's what we usually do in this pod. Okay. Well, I didn't realise with the state. Actually, to the tell you script. what, you do whatever you like. Right, well, we'll do it right away. Okay. Okay, question one, Michael McEwen. What's the quiz about? Just shut up and listen. Right, okay. So, question one. Who said, the Lord has given me a skill and I'm trying to use it for his glory? Well, that sounds like Bubba Watson. Incorrect. Oh. That was Scotty Scheffler on Master Sunday. Really? Yes, and I do Shit, like how... I was there. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Douche. <laughs> Wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> and his is a capital H. Mm. Question two. Who said, I don't care what they say, I don't even read, I don't know how to read anymore? <laughs> 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 told you it was a serious quiz <laughs> I don't care what they say I don't care what they say I don't even read I don't know how to read anymore oh, That sounds like lines from a Taylor Swift song Yeah Why are you leaving me? <laughs> Can back. you be my boyfriend? Shouty, shouty, shouty <laughs> Song's probably in G <laughs> And they'll be backing vocals And harmonies And the chorus And 12 other and, songs in the album And, and more, exactly and the more shouting I don't care what they say. I don't read. I've forgotten how to read. I mean, again, that does also sound like Bubba Watson. <laughs> it does a wee bit, yeah. So, oh, it surely can't be Bubba. I don't even, I've forgotten how to read. Phil Mickelson. Wrong. Hilarious. It was Sergio Garcia who you were just ranting about. That's what he said on the Friday at the Open. Did he really? Yes, he did. Zero I, out of two. Going I well. don't even know how to read anymore. So, question three. In court documents, Patrick oh, Reed's lawyer described his client as one of the most successful and accomplished golfers in the world since the beginning of his career <laughs> at 22. <laughs> I have to say, there's no full stop after world or a, a comma after world. So, everyone that started the career at 22, he's one of the best. Yeah, maybe that's why he got kicked out, was for yeah. bad grammar. Yeah, it's very strange. But the document says he's only the fourth American golfer to receive an honorary lifetime membership of the European Tour, now the DP World Tour. Who are the other three? Right, so I think that there might be a bit of logic here because I remember at the time when Reid got that, I thought, what the hell is going on? Lifetime. But I think it's because any player who wins, as a member of the European Tour, DP World Tour, who wins a major, then gets lifetime membership. So... Tiger has to be one. Incorrect. Accor He's never I, I, been a member of now, the Now, I'm saying this according to documents because Tiger's never featured on the money list. No, that's, that's I remember true, years ago, yeah. he technically, somebody did the boring mass. He technically won it like three or yeah. four years in a row, but he's not a member, so no, he's not one of them. So Morikawa? Incorrect. According back. to court documents. Yeah, so I mean, Larry Clayman could be talking shite here. So. He could be. But I'm going with the court documents. Okay, let me think. Because they are stated in the court documents. Americans. Who's one? And I know you like your court documents and your analytical stuff and reading into that. So I was surprised you don't know this. I'm surprised I don't know this. Oh, I'm now blanking on names. If I go back. Americans. Oh, yep. Graham McDowell. 
<laughs> I almost said no. No, yeah, get it. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, 2010. Speak into the microphone, please. Sorry, I'm doing my work. I'm going to have to quicken you. How many? How, can I just start throwing names at you? Go for it. I'm not going to throw DJ, that's stupid. Not Jordan Spieth, not Justin Thomas. Americans who are honorary lifetime memberships. Members. Think about it. I'm going to give you five seconds. What? I'm blanking, so I'm just going to throw some names. I mean, it feels like Jack can't be one of them. Jack Nicholas. He is one of them. For crying out loud, it goes far. Uh, Tom Watson. Correct. And Arnold Palmer. Correct. God, we we got there eventually. And Patrick Reed. <laughs> yes, he's an exalted company. I thought you weren't going to do it. I'm going to check that because it just cannot be. Oh, right. it can't be. But there we go. Because I'm sure Morikawa is one. Well, he, he was. A, I'm sure they gave him honorary be. life membership. Anyway, <laughs> question number four: yep. Your wife has left you, and you're in a bar drowning your sorrows. In walks Justin Justine Reed. <laughs> the answer is no. She sees your There's tears. There's not enough beer in the world. She sees your tears. And introduces you to one of her friends who is absolutely drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> Justine says she's amazing and you should hook up. What do you do? <laughs> Bear so, in mind, Jules has left you, that's it. She's not coming back. Why she left me? She's away by Patrick. <laughs> So, hang on, am I reading this right? Justine comes in yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. got a friend. She's got a friend and a so, friend is drop-dead gorgeous, so, like Kate Beckinsdale gorgeous. Right. So, Justine Reed is not what's being offered here. No, it's Justine's okay. friend. Okay. But they are best friends. If the friend is Natalie Imbruglia, right, you're on. No, the correct answer is run away very quickly and don't <laughs> look back. <laughs> Question five. Who became the first LPGA player in history to bag a head-to-toe Foot joy deal this year. Oh my god. Uh, it's one of the best things. Jess Corder. Yes, correct. Still think that's one of the best things that happened in golf this year when a major brand used a female player to showcase a new product. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, I don't think that's ever happened. Kudos to Foot Joy. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Totally agree. It could be happening next year because we know that Adidas have signed Rose Zhang, who is going to win everything she's going to be a star well let's not say that because she's a prodigy but it could yeah but I mean the signs are good and Adidas have signed her to a name image likeness deal already and she's not a pro so exciting times coming up in part two Big Monty yay To create an iron that performs like nothing else, you need to build it like no one else has. So we constructed the new Rogue ST irons with a high-strength 450 AI face cup, doubled its tungsten weighting for optimal launch, and added even more urethane microspheres for exceptional feel and sound. Every aspect of Rogue ST has been precision-tuned to create our longest iron ever. The new Rogue ST irons from Callaway, the kings of distance. Welcome back to part two. Just so you know, there was a wee edit there that Michael made me do because he said I I made a mess of it like I did there. But we're just going to keep going. Keep going. You're doing fine. Thank you. Uh, we've got an Solid advent calendar. B plus. 
Regular listeners will know there's our advent calendar on the website. You can win loads and loads of prizes. In truth, if you win everything, you basically win about £5,500 worth of golf gear. Correct. But let's be honest, like Phil Goodlad at the BBC, you're probably not <laughs> going to win anything, but keep trying. Keep trying anyway. If he's um, back in Shetland right now, he won't have a chance yeah, to even enter. enter. Yeah, so. unless he's got 4G. Oh, that's not going to work either. There's no yeah. electricity, is there? Phil it's gets terrible. so upset about the advent calendar every year. He sends every me a year. message. I can't believe that I've not won a prize. <laughs> 24 days of prizes and I've won nothing. Listen, it's not faked, so he could still win. So, yep. Phil, if you're listening, keep trying. <laughs> and if you're a listener that hasn't won anything, keep trying because it's awesome. You can get it on our website. No doubt you'll get some email from him as well. So kick in, see what you can get. And also out in all good news agents this Friday and some rubbish ones. <laughs> and it'll land on your doorstep. It's probably frozen now. Is the latest issue, issue 198 of Bunkered. Usually I have to talk about what's in the issue. Michael throws it on me and I've got to suddenly remember what's in each issue. Now I'm going to throw it over to Michael and you can get a taste of my medicine. Tell the listeners what's in the latest issue. Not a problem, because I know my product, so I don't have any issues. <laughs> so the latest issue, this yeah, this might upset some people, and it might please a lot of others. What I hope it does, I actually don't care if it upsets or pleases you, I just hope it informs you and gives you a bit of context. We have gone big on Live in issue 198. When I say big, I mean it's on the cover, and we've done a 15-page deep dive on how we got to this point. I can't be any more clear on this than to say we have no agenda, there has been no bias, we are just attempting to report the facts. This ain't a puff piece for live. cannot stress that enough. And I can say that with confidence because I wrote it and I'm not prepared to do puff pieces for anybody. So we've gone deep, we've explained how live happened, all of the private conversations that got to this point with various different groups. Spoken to Lee Westwood. Which is not out in the open. Which isn't. Yeah, exactly. We're giving you detail that has been lacking from the debate. Is what That's what we set out to do and I hope that's what we've achieved. We've got Lee Westwood talking about what your one's been like from a player's point of view. Bubba Watson's in there as well and Greg Norman has had rather a lot to say too. So that's the big thing in the mag, and then there's all the other usual stuff that you'd come to expect from us. Great tuition, great gear content, other interviews, blah, 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 blah. Go buy it. So you're meant to actually put some detail into that. Sorry, that's yeah. the hard bit, but that's fine. Uh, so go and buy issue 198. Keep us in a job. Please. And coming up now is something pretty cool. I think is one of the best guys to interview in the game. There are two people who I always love to interview in golf. One of them is our next guest, who you interviewed. And the other one is actually, ironically, in the city today at the PGA lunch in Glasgow, Sam Torrance. Oh, yeah, brilliant. I think if you can get Sam a nice glass, get him to kick back in a seat, he will eloquently describe his life, the game, and he won't hold back, and he's fantastic. And I have to say, our next guest, Colin Montgomery, is exactly in that mould. He is the man. He is... A lot of people don't realise this about Monty, but he is hilariously yeah. funny. And uh, if you sit back and listen to Mike, we caught up with him last week and he had a really good chat and here it is. 
Okay, Colin Montgomery, welcome, or should I say welcome back to the Bunkered Podcast. This is your second appearance. One more and it'll be a hat-trick. Well, it must have been reasonable the first time to get invited back, so thank you very much. Yes, you I'm, well. look, I'm looking forward to the hat-trick, if, if this goes well. I'm sure it will. I don't see any reason why not. And thank you to our, our friends and our colleagues at Bunkered Golf Breaks for setting this up. As we record, we're in the Belfry in one of their splendid boardrooms. We've got a gigantic TV on the wall. We're surrounded by all of the modern bells and whistles that you could want and the belfry colin is a, a place that holds some special memories for you doesn't it it does indeed you know this is the first time i've been back here since 2002 which is 20 is it really it is 20 Jeez. 20 years ago and uh i was walking past the first tee and i never ever forget you know that sam torrance put me out first there it was eight all in uh, 2002 and uh <clears throat> i never forget uh the team meeting where the two envelopes are opened up and it's who you're playing in the singles. And I was looking for my name and it's longer than most, Montgomery. <laughs> and I was, lo- I was looking for it and I couldn't find my name. I started at the top and very quickly looking for Montgomery. Couldn't find my name and anywhere. He says, oh my God, he's dropped me, you know? And you can't be dropped from the singles, you've got to play. And he's dropped me. I said, what the hell's he done? And then I went back up slowly and it said Monty at the top. Oh, yes. It didn't say Monty, it said Monty, the first name. And I thought, oh, hang on. And I looked over the room and he started winking at me. And I knew exactly what he'd done. You know, Garcia was behind me, then there was Westwood, there was Clark. And, and, and he had, he'd put, I hate to say, but he'd put his strength at the top. Mm-hmm. It was eight tall. He wanted to get blue on the board, European blue on the board early. And, uh, and he winked at me. And from then on, I, I was in panic, obviously. I had to hit the first shot in the, in the morning, you know. And, and I walked past the first tee and, and, it, and the memories... Oh, swam back. Uh, uh, amazing memories of of that first tee shot. I tell you quickly, it was a. There's a bunker on the right of the first hole at the Belfry for those who have played uh, the Brabazon course, mm-hmm. the, the Ryder Cup course as we know it. There's a bunker on the right, and it uh, it starts about two forty and goes up to about two seventy. It goes from right to left into the fairway. And uh, I said to my caddy Andy Proger at the time, I said. Uh, just a three wood. He says, yeah, because you can't reach that bunker. It's 240. Remember 2002, we're using Balata golf of course, course here. Yeah. And the clubs aren't as good. So so for, forgive me, listeners, that uh, 240 <laughs> was a good three wood. Believe me, now it's a good four iron. But uh, so just swung the club very easily. Didn't happen. And this thing went 308 yards. Now, I've never hit a three wood in my life that far. Never mind downhill, downwind. It was flat calm here and that's just pure adrenaline that was a night sleeping on adrenaline that was Mm. waking up with it that was on the practice ground with it and that's what happened it went 308 yards i've never hit a three wood as far in my life and it proves what that Ryder cup does to you yeah of course i've played many times before but i was still hell of a nervous and hell of an uptight and full of adrenaline and it and it was funny I, i came to my second shot and i had 110 yards i think into the first green and I said to Prom, what do we hit now? No idea how far. <laughs> Don't have a club for that. Don't have a club for this. I'm just going to throw it. So I took my lob wedge out, thinking it was going to go 10 yards further than it did. Caught it slightly heavy, and it came up on the front of the green, you see. And I thought, oh, God, I've got no idea what I'm doing today. This is, this is unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, fate fate had that I hold it from 30 yep. foot in the first, and I won my match. But uh, 
it was it was weird adrenaline what a thing I, I i wish i i wish i could sort of channel it and keep it oh, I know. for certain shots think how much then, money you'd make if you could bottle that oh god bottle that bottle that and then take it away for the putting then bottle it again <laughs> take it away yeah. the magic formula yes. if anyone's got an invention for a for a so-called drug give it to me it sounds like something that bryson's probably working on in one of his labs just now anyway but it different did different circumstances for this visit as we sit here just a couple of weeks before christmas colin mm-hmm. I'm a big Christmas person, I'm not going to lie. It's that is the most wonderful time of the year, as they say. Yes. You're a big Christmas fan? I am indeed. I am indeed. And so, Sarah, uh, we love Christmas. We have three trees in the house. Three trees? Uh, three trees, yes. Uh, now, one is all red in honour of Liverpool. <laughs> one is all white. Uh, well, it's white, uh, uh, blue and yellow in, in honour of Leeds. That's of my team. And the other one is honour of Father Christmas, which is a, a sort of mixed bag. Yeah. yeah, of course. So we have three trees, yes. My yes. word. Two, two are bought and uh, are fake, and uh, the big one, Father Christmas is, is real. Yeah, we've got to have one real yeah. one. Yeah, you can't which is a the pain in the neck. tree smell. It's a pain in the neck, but the smell's lovely, and, and, and it's my job to get the Dyson out and, uh, <laughs> and sweep up all the bloody needles. <laughs> they get everywhere as well. When does the, when do the, I was going to say, when does the tree, when do the trees go up? Because 1st of December. Thank you. Now, I love to December. hear that. Some people get really precious about it. And I know that, that Bryce, who sadly can't be with us today, yeah. but he gives me grief every year because I put the tree up on the 1st of December and he's like, no, no, the 15th is soon enough. 15th? I'm thinking, no, no, that's way too late. You don't get to enjoy it. Oh, I just, well, we spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time in America and the 15th of September, they're up. Never mind, <laughs> never, never mind, never mind December. 15th of December is a wee bit late when the, when it's got to come down on the on the, on the the 12th night, the 5th or 6th. So yeah. that, that's not much, is it? You don't get no, to enjoy no, it. No, you don't get to enjoy it. No, you don't. No. And he buys real ones. So he obviously don't get value for money, which I think crazy it's not like him <laughs> take me right back what's the best present you ever received crumbs that's a very good that's a very good question the best present i ever received you don't get these on a thursday or a friday after the golf tournament you do you call them these questions <laughs> when i was a boy i remember remember living in ilkley in west yorkshire my father's business was fox's biscuits that's why uh, we we support Leeds united oh, of course and, uh, and i remember there was a there was a there was a a sort of football game, a bit like Sabutio, but it was, uh, remember Sabutio? That was oh, great. It was brilliant. Oh, brilliant, yeah. wasn't it? The simplest games, you know? Oh, oh so fantastic. Good. Never mind these Xbox stuff. This is Sabutio <laughs> was great. And uh, there was a thing, there was a, there was a, there was a something similar that you, that the wee men were a bit bigger, right? The footballers were a bit bigger. They were about two or three inches big and you used to have oh, yeah. a, a right leg that used to swing back on a spring and it used to kick the ball and used to pass it around the pitch. A bit like Sabutio, but you could do it with manually. It was called Big League. Now, someone in the someone in the car somewhere now is going, my God, Monty, I had that. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't find it. And I'd, I'd been asking this for months from, from her parents and I couldn't find this particular uh, uh, present. And I looked everywhere in the lounge around and, and eventually I, I was on my knees, hands and knees, and eventually it was underneath the sofa, you know, mm-hmm. and they'd hidden it from me because they knew it was obviously coming. Big league, great present, best Fantastic. present. I was only about eight or nine, and uh, but big league, great Fantastic game. Probably to date the best Leeds team that they've ever put out there as well. Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I wish it was containing now, I tell you. Are you a difficult <coughs> person to buy for, do you think? I mean, what, what do you get a guy that's. I'm a very got difficult. Everything? Yeah, most. Well, that's the thing. I t- you know, you tend to go through 
Sarah's uh, sitting there nodding, actually. Yeah, yeah. Sarah's in the room, so I've got to be very careful. But at the same time, uh, I've got to, I've got to be careful. Uh, you know that 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 through the year, if I if I need something, I don't want for anything, but if I need something, something's needs replaced or something. I go and do it. Mm-hmm. I go and I go and replace it, right? So I don't want for anything, but need yes through the year. So when Christmas presents come around, uh, what do I want? Well, nothing really. Just my health, thank you very much. Yeah, I'd, I, I'll take that. Nearing Absolutely. sixty as I do, and uh, I'll take my health, thanks. Uh, so yeah, I don't want for anything, mm-hmm. and the stuff that I've needed, well, I've actually purchased through the year. So. I'm a very difficult guy to, to, to buy <laughs> for. Like like yeah, yeah, a roundabout way to say I'm very difficult, yeah. Just yeah. socks and aftershave. Absolutely, that'll yeah. do, that'll do. Let's go through Christmas dinner because that's the most important meal of the year, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I've got a list here of things that I would say some are essential, other people would say aren't so much. So mm-hmm. let's see if it's on your plate. Yes. Turkey, obviously. Turkey's essential. Yeah. Potatoes, roast potatoes. Roast, it has to be roast on a, on a Christmas lunch has to be definitely none of this mash oh no 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 god no that's for that's for bangers and beans when you exactly no 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 no, no. pigs and blankets oh definitely carrots uh yes yes a carrot oh, you're yes no 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 carrots and parsnips yes yeah carrots yes. and parsnips together yes. yeah yes gravy uh, obviously or bread sauce ah both 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 oh, oh the bar no 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 no, 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 no. bread sauce bread sauce goes well with the vegetables and, of course, the gravy for the turkey. So but a bit plates? of both. Well, of course I have two plates. Does, it, <laughs> does anyone not go back for seconds? <laughs> yeah, good point. Yes, very come good on, point. Come on, come on. Brussels sprouts, ah. where do you stand? <clears throat> one, by tradition. I have one Brussels sprout and have done for 40 years. I hate them, but <laughs> I have one for tradition. Fair play. And it... Uh, 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 and I, I have to admit, I don't chew. I just It goes down, but yeah. one. By, by tradition, yes. Chestnuts? No. No? Nope. Now, these are some of the weirder ones that I've heard people are sticking on their plates now, and I just don't I don't get it. Go on. Yorkshire puddings? What, on a Christmas lunch? Yeah. No. That's a Sunday lunch, That's a it? Sunday roast, Thank not you. a Christmas lunch. Monty has spoken, ladies and gents. <laughs> Cauliflower cheese is another one that comes up. Yes, it does come up, and I've had that in the past at home. Cauliflower cheese is okay. Mm. Cauliflower cheese is quite tasty, actually. You not can for have me, that. I'm lactose intolerant, so uh, absolutely oh, not. That, oh, that. God, I mean, you can't do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> and cabbage, pickled cabbage, people seem to go in oh, for that. Oh, no, 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 no. The Brussels sprouts, cabbage enough. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 yeah. not at all. Excellent. Anything else on your plate that I've not covered there? Sweet corn, peas. I think you've covered it quite well, haven't you? Yeah, I think you've covered it yeah. very well. Yeah. I think what we've got there is the makings of the best meal of the year. Well, I agree with you entirely. The best meal of the year. 100%. The best meal of the year. The meal that I happen to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's weird. People have it at like other times of the year. They'll say, oh, it's July. I'm going to have Christmas dinner. Just, oh, go away. That's bizarre. We'll get on to golf in a second. I do have a couple more Christmas questions because it's that time of year. You must have a favourite Christmas song. Everybody does. Wizard. Really? Wizard. You can't beat Wish it. Wish it could be Christmas yeah. every day. Yeah, Wizard. What about and your... Slade and Slade and Noddy Holder with his tie down did, to the floor. Did you know Noddy Holder makes half a million a year off that uh, song? Off that song. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. Noddy Holder with his tie. Remember his tie went down to the floor. That's right. It yeah. went, it was a seven foot, six foot tie. Brilliant. 
And uh, Wizard and uh, Slade. Can't beat it. No, the classics. Can't be the classics, yeah. So yeah. what about your favourite Christmas film then? Are you going modern or are you going classic oh, there too? Christmas films, my goodness me. I'm not really into Christmas films. Are you a movie person? Oh, very much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. My iPad is everywhere on the planes. <laughs> uh, uh, if I can't sleep at night, if I'm jet-lagged, uh, film. I'm a film, f- film buff. But... Uh, but not, not Christmas really a movies. Christmas film. No, mm. no, not Christmas uh, movies as such. They all, nah, no, not really. I'm not really. They're into a bit the too schmaltzy. Thing. Some yes, of them aren't. Yes, they? yes, yeah. So I'll rephrase that then. Yes, I'll let you settle this one as well because mm-hmm. you settled, uh, you settled some of the Christmas dinner stuff beautifully and the point of trees going up. I feel like we've got a Monty Christmas manifesto ah. developing here. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Well, the first one was filmed at Christmas time, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, it could be classified as a Christmas movie. Yes, the music's Christmassy. The 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 party in the Nakatomi building, yes. whatever it was, was a Christmas party. Well. Oh yeah. Oh don't, oh, don't worry. I've seen that a few times. <laughs> bloody good. Those long haul flights. Oh, there. that Alan Rickman eyes. Bloody good. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, I think yes, it could be classified as a Christmas okay. movie for for that very reason. It's a Christmas time film. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. There'll be a lot of people nodding their heads. There'll be a lot of people <laughs> shaking their fists. I'm sure. <laughs> nothing more divisive than that. My goodness, we've had referendums and Brexit and all that sort of stuff, but nothing divides the nation more than Die Hard. Is it a Christmas film or not? And chocolate indulgence, obviously, at Christmas. You know, everyone totally. wants a selection box. But totally, you were telling us this story <laughs> at dinner last night, and I have to share it with the public. <laughs> Kit Kats. Yes. So, yes. once upon a time, you did an advert for Kit Kat, which was tremendous. And you received what you were expecting to be rather a good perk off the back of it. Well, I did, you know. I mean, it was an action. said, oh... Uh, Colin would have had a great time with you. Uh, we're going to give you a year's supply of Kit Kats. And I thought, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, for someone who has never been slim in his life, for obvious reasons, because <laughs> I like the stuff. So I thought, okay, well, that's fantastic. A year's supply of Kit Kats. Wow. So I said, well, thank you very much. Gave, them, gave my address. And uh, about, what, a week or 10 days later, this, this motorbike turns up at the gate. Rings the sort of gate, and I'm going, yeah. He says, oh, I'm here, I'm here with your delivery uh, from Nestle, you see. And I go, <laughs> no, oh, On a motorbike. On a motorbike. I said, well, he's obviously, what, he's, he's the outrider. He's the outrider <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for, the main, for the main event that's coming later. He can't get up the road. It's a big, you know. So I thought, okay, well, come in then. And he opened up his back panniers of his, of his motorbike. 365... Kit Kat Chunkies. Oh. So I thought, oh no. I said, that's not a year. I was expecting a truck, mm-hmm. okay, as you do. A year's supply sounds a hell of a lot, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. A year. My goodness, I'm expecting a truck. Room and fill it with absolutely, it. fill it. So I thought, oh God, okay. So 365 chunky, what the hell am I going to do with these things? So. But do you not like them? Are you a oh, no, oh, no. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. I'm not particular. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. How can I be particular? <laughs> How can I be particular? Come on. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I thought, what to do with these bloody things? So I thought, put them in the fridge. The fridge will be full, I suppose, 365. So I worked it out that uh, my children went to uh, uh, a prep school, Felton Fleet Prep School locally, and there were 362 students, pu- pupils, boys and girls. So I thought, perfect. So everyone 
uh, around that time, got a Kit Kat chunky, and I kept three for myself. Brilliant. How, how's that? You must have been the most popular dad at that school. Oh, I'll tell you what. Oh, golly. Wasn't I just, you know? <laughs> Handed them into the headmaster, give them out to all the teachers and all, and all, and all the classes. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well done, you. So let's look then at golf. I think that's enough. Well, actually, it's not enough Christmas. I could talk about it for another few hours, but we should really talk about golf, I suppose, at some point. 2022, almost over, and it's been a, it's, it's been a year, Colin. Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. how was it for you in terms of your game? How do you feel that you played? You know, mm-hmm. Where's the motivation levels at, etc.? The motivation levels are very high, uh, generally, because I didn't really perform that well last year. Only, a, what, three or four top tens, which is disappointing out of 20-odd events. It's getting harder on the Champions Tour there, the PJ Tour Champions, they call it. But getting harder as I get older. I'm 59 now, 60 in June. And, uh, you know, the, the young guys are coming through. Podrick Harrington's coming through with a swing speed of 180-odd <laughs> miles an hour. So, you know... Stricker couples can still battle it out. Miguel Hangel, uh, Jimenez. There's there's some great great players coming through. Langer's uh, still going well. Langer's still in force. <laughs> incredible in, in his hundreds. Uh, <laughs> so it's tough, very tough, and it's getting tougher every year uh, because of the age uh, situation. But uh, for the first time in my career, uh, I wasn't very healthy, and uh, I had two operations uh, put out twice, and. I understood very quickly that how lucky I was staying healthy for those years through the European tour. And you talk about orders of merit in a row and stuff. Well, number one on that was to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I wasn't staying healthy. I was fortunate to be healthy. And uh, for the first time in my career, I've realized how fortunate I have been uh, not being well and not being able to swing the club the way that I want to. You tend to adapt to uh, adapt a swing to sort of adapt to the conditions or the feeling that you have on that particular day. And then you get into bad habits. You, you, you tend to be steeper or shallower or whatever it might be, and, and you, suddenly you're not playing very well. So, uh, yeah, the talk about your health is your wealth, and it certainly is, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and especially for me in a golf course. So hopefully... After the second operation, it's all fixed and we're back up and running. And so, therefore, looking forward to 2023 Mm -hmm. uh, in a big way, uh, getting married in uh, the first week of 2023, January the 7th. So that's very exciting. And, of course, then I'm looking forward to the year from then on. And, and, uh, yeah, 28 tournaments. I'll play about 26 of them. So that's classified as a a full schedule and a half. And... uh, Really working on my game more than ever. I'm working with uh, Simon Holmes down at the Wisley Club there uh, in Surrey, and uh, this is the so-called off-season. I'm actually in the gym a wee bit, which is bizarre, and uh, and I'm actually going down to Wisley, even in the cold, three, four times a week, just with a club in my hand, just just making sure that everything's just just intact, and yeah. and 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 he overseeing it. And getting some speed up. I've bought some of these speed sticks. Oh, have you? You know this red, yeah. blue, and yeah, yeah. Uh, green ones. Uh, uh, for, for those listeners that that that, that, that aren't aware, these are <coughs> a very light stick, a sort of medium weight stick, and a heavy stick. You start with the light, and then you go to the medium, and then you go to the heavy, and you go heavy, medium, light on the way back. This is a program you follow, and uh, I've gained as many people have, you know, through this. I've I've gained sort of four four miles an hour, which 
at 2.5 yards a mile an hour, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking 10 yards. And that's dramatic. That bunker that you weren't quite carrying is easily carryable. Mm-hmm. That seven iron that was just going to land on these rocks short is making the green. It's a big, big difference. And over a year, it, you know, it's adding, saving rather, I mean, it's saving 10, 20 shots I mean, over it's a lovely. year. It's amazing. Everyone, everyone wants to hit the ball further. And mm-hmm. I, I suppose it possibly feels counterintuitive as you get older, you feel like you should maybe hit it not as far the, the opposite is true but it does present a problem as well though because you have to relearn your yardages yeah, you you do. Know, you, suddenly yeah. that seven iron you don't really know what it's capable of so well we all know that the seven iron now is the old is the old five iron isn't exactly. it you know yeah. degrees loft my goodness i mean a seven iron at 30 degrees loft that was my five iron in, <laughs> in, in the days gone by so we have to adjust all the time new balls are coming out titleist uh, who, who i'm with have come out with a ball now 2023 ball i'm about to test that to see that, well, it's not going to be any shorter, is it? So it's mm. going to go a little bit longer anyway. Whether I use the Pro V1 or the Pro VX, you know, this is another thing you've got to adjust in and yeah. adapt to. So there's a lot of, of variables in there and uh, just a matter of getting it all right. And that's why I'm working now. So when I go to Hawaii, the first event, uh, uh, the second week in January, I'm ready. I'm not wasting that tournament getting getting all the sort of rust off out the system uh, i'm actually going there to try and not just to com- compete but contend yeah it's a yeah. big big difference you mentioned it so i will too you're 60 in june yes you didn't intend to play seniors golf colin i remember speaking to you about 15 years ago and you were very much against the idea here you are 10 years in nearly the obvious question is how much longer you see yourself playing for i mean you know you'll, you'll get your your fitness back you're obviously still as determined you can see that you still have the competitive fire that burns mm-hmm. but have you considered well there's going to come a point in the not too distant future where i won't play any longer very much so um and uh, you have to you have to adjust and you have to be prepared i think preparation is everything I'm, I'm i'm preparing for the new season but why not be prepared for what three or four years time when i'm not as competitive and uh you know i won't be going out there believe me and and saying, oh, great, I've finished 14th. That's the best I can mm. do. I won't be there. I think it's a couple of Labrador puppies all arrive at home. <laughs> call yeah, them. That, that call St. Andrews getting closer and closer. <laughs> eh? That West Sands is good, isn't it? You know, St. Andrews. Call them Chip and Putt and off you go. You brilliant. know, ah, brilliant. A couple of Labradors. But that's that's a little bit away. But still, you've got to think about it. You've got to be prepared. As I, as I wasn't really in starting seniors golf. You know, I mean, I saw my parents, and I'm sure that uh, listeners that are my age saw their own parents at 50 as an older generation than we are. I think we're a younger 50 than our parents were. And I thought, 50? My God, that's, no, 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 that's, that's old, you know. And, and uh, I won't be playing golf at 50. I'll have had enough. So I get to 49, 50, and I'm still quite active. I'm still, you know, making the odd cut on the European Tour. I'm thinking, well, why, why not give this a go? What else am I going to do? You know, 50's young to stop. Yeah. Stop doing what you were meant to be doing, which is being being a competitor. And I gave it a go. And yeah, the first year was okay. And the second year, I won a couple of majors and I've kept going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And I've actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoy uh, the competition more than I do the game of golf. And provided I enjoy it, I'm a great believer if you enjoy something, you're quite good at it. Well, whatever you do. And I enjoy the competition. 
and that drives me on. Uh, so here we are. I'm going into my tenth year, and I'll give it. I'll give it enough time that I'm not competitive. Okay. Yeah. Quite when right. I can say, when I can say tenth is the best I can do, then it's time to then it's time to hang it up. I think, and mm-hmm. then, and then, hey, what's what's next? Am I due to just to stop? No, I think I'll be doing something within the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, something will come come up, but nothing has been prepared yet. But it's in preparation. How's that? The the big story this year clearly has been live golf, and I, I don't want to necessarily get bogged down in the ins and outs of it because you know it's it's something that everyone has their own opinions on. I guess that for me. It'd be interesting just get your take in terms of observing from afar. You know, you're you're not playing on mm-hmm. any of those three tours now as they are. You're playing on the PGA Tour Champions. Mm-hmm. How have you observed all this unfold? It's been very been interesting, take? hasn't it, to say the least, you know. And you talk about 2022 and it'll be the year of live golf, won't mm-hmm. it? You know, it'll always be that's that's the year that it, that it emerged. And uh, was it time to... To change up was the was the four round seventy two hole basic stroke play event worldwide was it due for a change? People thought it was, and uh, the money has come into the game. Billions of dollars have come in to the game of golf. I mean, we're talking billions. My my gripe about that is that it's not going. Those billions of dollars aren't going to the right place. We are trying to, as a golfer, I'd love to promote the game of golf and to give others the opportunity that I had. I was very lucky in my life, had an opportunity to play the game of golf. And I would like to give opportunity to others to play the game of golf. And billions of dollars should be able to do that, Mm -hmm. not give it to those who aren't promoting or aren't, it it isn't going to the grassroots of the game. Exactly. Unfortunately, it's going to the the wealthy to get wealthier. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not, it hasn't worked yet. Let's hope, and let's hope 2023 brings us closer together. Yeah. Because we're as far apart as we can be. I'm talking about the Live Tour against the DP World and the PGA Tour of America. And we're as far apart as we can get right now. We have to come together. We have to bring that. If that money's in the game, let's use it to the benefit of the game. Mm-hmm and not the benefit of someone who's worth 100 million and suddenly becomes worth 200 million. That is not benefiting the game of golf. No, I quite agree. So we've got to benefit the game of golf because this game, we know, okay, we're biased, but it is the best game in the world. We know that, right? We know that. It's the best game in the world and it's got to thrive in the future. And what's happening now, it's not thriving in the right the right spot. Uh-huh. No, I quite agree. Have you watched any of it? I have not watched no. it. It's hard I, I to find, isn't it, on well, YouTube and well, Facebook and so on? I say, I'm on, I say I have an iPad and I watch films. That's my limit, okay? <laughs> to go on to YouTube is, a, is an effort, never mind watch, <laughs> trying to find the golf. Yeah. I wouldn't watch golf on an iPad. I wouldn't watch it on my phone. I, no, I'm Any not, golf? Any yeah. golf, really. I, no, it's not really, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, film, yes, but sport is on a television. Yeah. And until... Uh, uh, until it is televised as such in old-fashioned terms, <laughs> uh, I, I'm afraid I won't be watching, no. Yeah. Not, that I, not that I don't want to watch. I just feel, I feel on this, what do you call it, platform? Mm-hmm. Is that a word you use? Look at that. Look well used. Very technical. Yeah. Uh, in context and everything. There you it. go. Uh, <laughs> the platforms that I have are a TV screen. Uh-huh. Yeah. You would have been a few years into your pro career when 
Greg Norman attempted to do something similar back in '94 with the the World Golf Tour idea. Do you recall much of that? And I'd, give me an idea into yes, what that was like at that yes, point. Yes, I, I did indeed. And the gang of four. Remember, uh, you know, Ken Schofield had the issue with Faldo, Sevi, Langer, and I think it was Elazabal, the gang of four who wanted to break away from the European Tour as well and join Greg and his new ideas. Uh, unfortunately, that folded. Not, not unfortunately. Fortunately for the European Tour, mm-hmm. uh, it folded due to the fact that Greg didn't have the backing that he has now. I mean, Saudi, Saudi is 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 an incredible uh, uh, place. Now, uh, when you talk about the word dollar, mm-hmm. uh, you know they've got the the boxing, haven't they? They've got the Grand Prix. They've got the you know, the football, they've got the golf, they've got... They might you know, have a World Cup as well. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're buying up everything. And so now Greg has has had this this backing, this this financial backing. It changed. Without financial backing, he couldn't do anything. So he had an idea. He's been against the PGA Tour for many, many years. Why? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it made him, for God's sake, you know, coming from Australia, where the economy wasn't what it was in America... Coming to America, being accepted by the Americans and doing what the PJ Tour did for him. Okay, he was good, don't get me wrong. He was very good and a great marketeer, what have you, the great white shark and all. But you've got to remember who made you, you know, and, and uh, to go against that and to sue the tours for this, that and everything. It just seems a very, it's a, it's a yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a shame how it's, how it's ended between mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Do you think legacy is important, Colin? I do indeed. I do indeed. And and as we talk now, uh, Ronaldo. Yo, well, legacy. Cristiano. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's sorry. Not, he's not sorry. even the best footballer called Ronaldo. It's, sorry. And I both sorry. Know. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> not Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. Get it right. Get I mean, you talk in. about you talk about legacy, and uh, the way he's been acting recently, and the way that he acted the the other night when Portugal beat Switzerland six one there mm. and and of course he he went and congratulated the guy his his replacement scored a hat trick and then he walked immediately walked away down the tunnel on his own nah now that's not come on no. you're Portugal you you you're Portuguese you you're a member of a team mm-hmm. and uh, if I had any any one of that particular team uh, uh, member uh, he wouldn't be playing for me I remember I remember wholeheartedly back in two thousand and four. I remember Hal Sutton had an issue at the Ryder Cup with Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. There was 11 practising on the south course, which we, we were using for the Ryder Cup at Oakland Hills. And on the north course, they had 36 holes there, on the north course was Phil Mickelson practising on his own. And you go, hold on a minute. Now, if I was captain of that team, Phil Mickelson would have been the plane right back home. And I would have someone who wanted to play for me and wanted to play for America. Uh, luckily, I never had that. Is any any of that situation ever has arisen within Europe? And it's and it's that Ronaldo situation. I mean, it, it, so legacy. You're talking about legacy. Yes, it is important. It is important how you're remembered and how how you how you are because you're a long time not here. Yeah, and that's we're so only true. here for a, only here for a split second. And a legacy is important. One man who's obviously going to have a, a, a remarkable legacy is Tiger. Mm-hmm. Lots of concern, I think, at this moment in time about mm-hmm. how he is. As I say, as, as we record, he's due to play in the match later this week. He's due to play in the PNC, but he did opt out of the Hero World Challenge last week because of, well, plantar fasciitis. Now it's just the latest in a litany of injuries that, that the great man sustained. Mm-hmm. None of us know, obviously, how he really is. He's done a great job of keeping that secret over the years. Yes. So all we can do is speculate. 
looking to 2023 then, Colin, as a fellow golfer, what do you expect and hope for Tiger in 23? Do you see him playing much? I don't. I don't, actually. No, Tiger uh, has played the tournaments that Tiger has played recently. And it includes his first win when he came back, was the Tour Championship, was a 30-player 30, 30 field. Mm-hmm. When he won in in uh, the Zozo Championship in Japan, that was a limited mm-hmm. field, no cut. There was another one that he did very well in, that uh, uh, no cut events. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the Masters is a smaller field well, as well. Well, the Masters is, is a smaller field that, 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 that obviously the course was suited. But at the same time, I don't feel, I don't see him compete or contending rather and winning a regular tour event. Now, I hate people are saying, oh, come on, Monty, he's, he's great. Yes, but... For Tiger to get back now to that feeling, that, that three years ago where he won the Masters, yes, three or four years ago now we, we speak, where he won the Masters, Tiger doesn't have to now just get back to the, the performance that he was performing then, uh, to that, to that uh, uh, standard. He has to improve it. Mm-hmm. The standard is improving all the time. And there's not one or two guys that can beat him now. There's 22 guys that can beat him. So it's... It's Tiger trying to get not back to where he was, but to get to a stand that he's never been before. And I don't think that's possible. Yeah, he needs to be better at 47 than he was at 37 than he was at 27. Correct. And I I can't see that happening. I'd love it to happen Mm -hmm. because it's great for the game. We're promoting the game of golf. Look what Tiger's done for the game of golf. My word. Inner city development, all the stuff that's gone on and all the people that have taken up the game of golf because of the word Tiger Woods. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And I would love him to win. I just can't see it happening. I wish he'd retired after St Andrews. Yes. I actually wish he'd retired at that St was, Andrews. That was it was the it. opportunity, well, wasn't it? Well, you said it. I was about to say the same. It was a golden opportunity to walk up, and I was so glad. I think he was playing with Matt Fitzpatrick and Max Homer at the Open, and they were very good. They sat back yeah. because you never know. Tiger, he might have said what he wanted to on 17, but this could... He might have had an agenda walking up the mm-hmm. 18th at St Andrews. I wish that that was the time. Yeah. I Stand totally on that agree. bridge and start waving. Everyone says, is that it? Yeah, that's it. And it would have been a glorious way to go. Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it? The stands were full. The world's TV cameras, I mean, from all continents were on him. He's walking up there on his own. Tears were in his eyes. Obviously, the emotion, you can't beat that walk. And I've done it. And I tell you, when the stands are full, you cannot beat that walk. And I was tearful playing with him in, in, in 2005 and that third round with the Scottish support. I tell you what, that is a special, special arena, a theatre of that last hole coming up there at 18. I agree with you entirely and I hope the listeners do too that that was the time for Tiger to say, OK, I bow out. Yeah, my heart I was beating faster I as I was walking up to the bridge yes. and I thought, is he going to pause? Is he going to pause? Then he didn't, I, I must admit. My heart sank a little bit. Mm. You know, I just felt... Mm. Oh, why go on? Why go on? Why why put yourself into that situation that he had mm-hmm. at Southern Hills where where he missed the cut and, and then the next one he had to pull out because he yeah. wasn't well. And uh, No, no, go out at the top. Exactly. Very, very few can do it. Jackie Stewart did it. Uh, but there's very few can go out at the top. And, and uh, that time, we don't know that time. But very few of us get it right. And and I agree with you and I hope the listeners agree with me that that was the time to do it. Absolutely. A man in a totally different place, obviously, is Rory. 
now has won the race to Dubai four times. So he's halfway to you. He's getting there. <laughs> Bit to go, but getting yeah. there. Yeah, getting there. Getting what there you... quickly. <laughs> Too that, quickly. Is that panic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, it, if it was anyone bar Rory, I wouldn't be panicking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my word, what, what a year he's had. I know there's mm-hmm. no majors in there. That's the thing he needs to address going forward. But... What do you see in Rory McIlroy at this moment in time? Do you think he is the most dominant player on the planet or is that too big of a statement? I think I think Rory's been the dominant player on the planet even when he wasn't world number one. Really? And as we talk now, he is. Uh, I don't, I mean, Scotty Scheffler, great. He had a great two months there, didn't mm. he, where he won four tournaments out of five or whatever it was yeah. and got to number one. Was he the best player on the planet? No. No, Rory was. If you get the top 20 in the world and they're on a great golf course, a proper golf course, a proper PGA Tour golf course or a, an open venue that's, that's fair, you mm-hmm. know, and you get the top 20 in the world and they all play their best, right? They all play their best. You look at the leaderboard at the end of the day, end of the fourth day, Rory's on top. Yeah? Yeah. Rory's on top. That's why he's the best player on the planet. Yeah, he's the best player. Uh, and I think that confidence that he has now, if he can keep that for a hundred odd days, or however, however long it is to the Masters, <laughs> and I think that, 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 that there's majors in Rory in 2023. You can't say what one in particular, or you can't say how many, because the competition is good, and he's got to play his best. But he knows if he plays his best, he's your winner. I'm not, I'm not talking tee to green here. I'm talking around the green as well. I'm talking on the greens, on the putting and everything. Everything has to click to win a major. You've got to. You can't, you can't give shots away. His wedges are so much better than they were. His putting is, is, is seen to be believed in his improvement in the putting green and the wedges. You finished inside the top 20 in strokes gained putting in the PGA Tour last season for the first time ever in well, his you career. Go. There you go. Which is... No mean feat. No, it's no mean feat. There's some hell of a good putters in mm. there, and he's one of them now. Now, you put that long game alongside a putting game, thank you, that. Thank yeah. you. You know, so who says it? We'd all love it to be the Masters. Of course we would, you know. Uh, but, hey, who knows? It could be the Open at, at Royal Liverpool again. You Absolutely. Know? You know, he's yeah. done it there before. He's, he's, he's been second at the Masters now. Remember mm-hmm. the 64 to finish that bunker shot? You never know. Going back, there was good memories. Yes, of course he is. And uh, he has to just start out a little bit better than he has been doing. He plays catch-up very well and gets into second or third. I'd love him to start the Masters, if, if the weather's, if the weather's you know, fair, with a 69-68 where he's in there. Yeah. He's in the top 10 after one round, and then you can, oh, okay, then, then, yeah. th- th- then you've got the feeling that he's in. But the 72-73 first day... It's a lot to catch up. These guys are no mugs. They're no mugs. He's better than them, but you can't give away five or six shots to start with. You know? No, you absolutely can't. So let's hope it's it's the it's the round of golf that everyone in Britain, everyone supporter of Rory McIlroy is 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 ready to to sort of watch is the first round of the Masters. Absolutely. Two thousand twenty three. That's the one that we're looking forward to. Absolutely. And it's and it already, you know you Bringing on pressure, aren't you, already, mm-hmm. you know? But he's that good, he, he seems to be able to handle it. Yeah. He does, yeah, he does. Yeah. And then later in the year, obviously, we have the, well, uh, a biennial match play event that means an awful lot to you, Colin. Mm-hmm. The, uh, mm-hmm. 
the President's Cup. No, of course not. The, uh, <laughs> the, the Ryder Cup, Marcus Simone. Yeah. It's been a bit of a strange build-up for Europe, you know, Certainly having has. a captain, then not having a captain, then having a new captain. Yeah. You know Luke very well. You played alongside him, obviously, 2004. He played on your team, 2010. Yes, I picked him on that team. You did, yeah. yeah right I enough. did, I did. He was a captain's pick, yeah. Did you see him as a captain or captain material back then? I, I saw him as a very safe pair of hands, mm-hmm. which sometimes is captain material, yeah, isn't it? You yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, there's a certain lack of controversy. There's a, there's a very safe pair of hands there in Luke Donald, and I think he'll do a very good job. Uh, yes, as you say, you know, the Henrik Stenson situation, it's the first time we've ever, since 1927, since this thing started, we've lost a captain in office. Yeah. Uh, God, it's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely it, isn't crazy, it? isn't it? You know, uh, so I think we, we were fortunate to make that decision and, and, and good the decision was made early mm-hmm. to give Luke an opportunity. That decision too late down the road would have been a difficult one. So he's got opportunity. He has he has known now as the Ryder Cup captain. Mm-hmm. Henrik seems to be a forgotten soul. Uh, so we have to stand by that, and uh, and I do stand by that mm-hmm. decision. And uh, he's got he's got the makings of a very very good twelve behind him here. Very inexperienced uh, twelve, though. Well, <laughs> yes and no. You know, you've got you've got the base. You've got the three guys that were you could see the world players last time: Rory, Ram, and Hovland. Yes, they're your three world stars, really. And Hovland just won again. Ram, of course, been yeah. in, there and thereabouts. And who knows? He won't do well at the Masters. John Ram, oh, you know, God, my yeah. God, you know, just bulldoze his way through everybody, <laughs> doesn't he? And Victor with his new putting technique, this this aim point thing. I don't understand a word of it, but it seems to work <laughs> for him. Uh, you know, so you've got three. So that's a quarter of the team that are world stars, right? And then you add in, add in now what we have behind that. Mm. And, and uh, it's, a very good, it's a very good nine that are coming through. And uh, there could be well be, there could well be for the first time in what, six years, a Scott on the team, you know? Yeah. Ewan Ferguson's been doing very well, Bob McIntyre and a few other Scots that have won in the last, what, 16, 17 months on the DP World Tour. If they can go forward now, I'm not saying stay where they are and hope they get in. That's not good enough. They've got to go forward. They've got to maintain that and improve. They've got to, that world ranking has to get better and better and better. But you had the Molinari, the Rose is in there. Uh, Shane Lowry, obviously as well. Yeah. Shane Lowry. Uh, you know, you've got some. You got some great names there that that uh, you just mentioned. Now we're into over half the team. Yeah. So I agree with you regarding inexperience. Uh, my team had six rookies in it for the first time uh you know and then so let's hope there's four or five rookies max but at the same time the home crowd playing at home is a huge difference to rookies playing away we're just at the belfry here and, and it was 2002 that the rookies came through for sam torrance that's right yeah we had pierre fulke remember his name yes we had uh nicholas fast phil price and Paul McGinley, mm-hmm. they were the rookies, and not one of them lost a singles match here. That is why we won the Ryder Cup, because of that support that they had from this crowd. This Warwickshire crowd were incredible here at the Belfry, and it was because of that that pulled them through. If that those four were playing away from home, it's a whole different ballgame playing in America in a Ryder Cup. It, it's, it's, it's a whole different game. If they were playing away from home, I'm not sure that would have, we'd have won that. 
the home crowd are fantastic, as they will be in Rome. And they'll support those rookies. The Hoygaard brothers, for instance, you know, yeah. the two of them could well play together. You know, uh, they'll be fine as well with a home crowd behind them. It's so important that this is at home. Yeah. And we have this fantastic record, don't we, that uh, people are amazed when I say this, that we haven't lost a Ryder Cup at home since 1993. And it was here at the here? Melbourne. Yeah. 1993. That's 30 years ago. We haven't lost at home in 30 years. Which is quite phenomenal. People say, surely, hang on. And I bet you there's listeners now going, no, hang on, 90, 90. <laughs> Believe me, we haven't lost at home well, in 30. <laughs> I was there. I was there for most of them. 30 years. What yeah. a record. That is and it's a record that we're very, very proud of on the European tour. And we would love to sustain it, you know, and we're going we're gonna to give it everything. And I wish Luke and all the team all the very best. Yeah, well said. I mean, like it's. It was obviously a solid beating we took yes, last time around. Indeed. How important is it that we not even so much avoid uh, a heavy defeat this time? How important is it that we win this time? We, as in Europe, obviously. It doesn't matter if it's 14 and a, 14 and a half to 40, whatever it might be. A win's a win. It's going to be close. The Americans are obviously very good. They're confident as a team. The President's Cup, you saw that. And of course, you know, the previous Ryder Cup uh, uh, was one of our worst performances. What happened there, and the Americans haven't done it for a long time, is they played to their ability and mm-hmm. we didn't. We've been playing beyond our ability a number of times in the Ryder Cups and we've, and we've managed to win. They, for the first time, did what they're supposed to do. Bryson DeChambeau, drive the first green and hold the putt. Yeah. And Garcia's going, oh, okay. Uh, this Your wasn't on the cards. My birdie. Yeah, mm. I know. I'm, I'm in there four foot for birdie, thinking this is all right. And he's, and he's eagled the first hole, par four. You think, hang on. So they did everything that was supposed to do. Whether that's going to happen in Italy or not is a different matter. They've lost a few high-profile guys. They've lost Brutes Kepka. They've lost Bryson through this live business. Patrick Reed too. Patrick Dustin Reed, Johnson. Dustin Johnson. There's four guys they've lost. We haven't really lost anyone of that ilk. Yes, Poulter, Westwood, uh, 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 Stenson, McDowell, uh, these type of guys, Casey, were they were they on the way out anyway? They weren't Dustin Johnsons. They weren't Brooks Kepkers, they weren't Bryson DeChambeau's or Patrick Reed's in the Ryder Cup. They weren't that. That's that's a third of their team I've just mentioned. So it was a change in the guard anyway in Europe. Uh, so we haven't lost what the Americans have lost. So it gives us added confidence and I th- I really do believe we're going to win it I really do believe that yeah. you've convinced me my goodness <laughs> final question then Colin this is probably the trickiest one of the lot and it's not another Christmas uh, dinner one one player to watch out for in 2023 who should people be keeping their eyes peeled for in your opinion okay uh, I don't, hey I'm a Scot I'm a very proud Scot very proud Brit but I'm a very proud Scot and I'd like I'd like a Scotsman to be playing on that Ryder Cup team. It's been too long since we've had a Scot on that particular team. So good luck to the Callum Hills of this world, yeah, yeah. Ferguson's, the Grant Forrests, the Bob McIntyre's. I'd like one of them to come through and, and, and really make that next step. And that next step is a Ryder Cup spot. So I'd love one of them to come. On a worldwide stage, I think we're looking at this guy, Tom Kim. Some player, isn't no, he? No, some character too. Yeah. And I think he's the next world star, Tom Kim. Uh, so look out for him uh, in the majors and and and, uh, uh, and tournaments around. 
But I'd love a Scott to be in the Ryder Cup team. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? Colin Montgomery, thank you so much as always. I think you've done enough to merit a, a third appearance. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> and all the very best for next year. And more importantly, best wishes from us all for very happy Christmas and an exceptionally happy wedding day when it comes as well. Oh, best of luck. Thank you so much. How good was that? The man's brilliant. <laughs> he just knows everything about the game. Uh, I love him to bits. Yeah. He was good value, wasn't he? He was brilliant, yeah. And look, big thanks to the Belfry and our colleagues at Bunker Golf Breaks for, for hosting us down there. Not someone I've ever been before, but it looks really cool. Look, you get Monty in a relaxed environment, you just get him chatting. He is phenomenal. And he was there, and he loves Christmas. He, he, you said it, he's the man. He loves Christmas. That's great. It's just That's doesn't great. love Christmas. Three trees. I mean, who has three trees? Three trees, yeah. We've got two. Do you? Yeah. One indoor, one out. One up, no. One upstairs in the living room and one down in the... It's like a... Oh, no. It's fake. Oh! Just realised that. So it's a, one of those white wooden My, ones. how the tables think, have turned. Yeah, I think my wife stole it from my work. So, yeah, moving on. She works as an interior designer, by the way, and she owns the business. She didn't just <laughs> nick it from Spar. <laughs> uh, right, okay. <laughs> so, we've got a bit of a plug for Bunkered Golf Breaks. Thanks to Monty, Bunkered Golf Breaks ambassador. We were going to get Monty to do this bit for us, but Michael forgot to yep. ask him. If you're looking for a Christmas gift for the golfer in your life, why not get them a winter golf pass? If you don't, have a golfer in your life and you want to just buy it for yourself go for it you can choose from a list of hand-picked courses which are the Dukes Downfield Montrose 1562 and our Broth I want to play our Broth definitely looks awesome phenomenal so, looking uh, Winter Golf Pass a three course pass starts at just £89 per person and a four course pass at 109 value not to be sniffed at imagine waking up on Christmas morning and getting a wee bunkered golf break well, from the yeah. golf pass. Because you could play on Boxing Day. You could. That's a good way to escape some all the people, family stuff. Some, it's, a, it's an English thing down south where they play golf on Christmas Day, isn't it? Oh, get a grip. I know. They play golf on Christmas Day. Listen, I love the game, but I love Christmas more. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. So head to bunkeredgolfbreaks.com. Get yourself a, a wee gift for Christmas for the golfer in your life. Well done. Well read. Thank you. But there was only about five edits in that. Yep, we did well. We did all right. Big no, thanks to Bunkered Golf Breaks. There's no no Podder of Merit, but we are going to look at Podder of Merit for next year. We have set a meeting aside for next week to discuss the intricacies of how that's going to work. Have we? Pers yeah. I'm off next week. So am I. I was lying. All right, okay, just for effect. Okay, yes. carry on. Good shot. Jeez, keep the fakeness going. So there's, um, <laughs> there's a wee plan for that, and we're going to make it better yeah. personally. I think it's perfect the way it is, even though I've lost, like, I'm 4-1 down in the series. 4-1 down yeah, in the series, yeah. yeah. I think we need to change it. So, we're nearly done. Last episode of the year, we're going to finish on Honesty Box. Having but, just demonstrated that we're dishonest about our yes, meeting plans. Uh -huh, yeah. yeah. So, what are the best and worst golf Christmas presents you've ever received? Now, I did notice something last night when mm. I was doing my intense research for the podcast, but we actually did this in the honesty box last year. D that exact question? Yeah. Jeez, oh. So I know you're the host. You are you are meant to come up with some fresh content. Yeah, I mean, we're a team. So yeah, you can so, do likewise. So anyway, 
we did open this out to our listeners and here's some of the replies that we got. Burminator. <laughs> Who calls himself Burminator? Is that somebody on Twitter? Yes. Burminator. My word. When I was about 13, I got the first boom, boom driver. I remember that driver. It was mm, a good, good driver. driver. I thought that I had made it at that point and in my head swung it around like Freddy. I didn't. Also getting Molitor golf balls from a fam- family friend didn't help that dream. Molitor golf balls and a boom boom driver, what a combo. Yeah, I mean, the boom boom driver's great, but Molitor golf balls, that is that is the golfer equivalent of getting a lump of coal, is it not? Yeah. I mean, effectively, a lump of coal would go better than a Molitor golf yeah. ball. And you, you remember you used to get soap that was a golf ball? Yeah. When you think about it, see where you had to put that soap? It was a bit stupid having it as a golf ball shape, wasn't it? It's a very good point, actually. <laughs> never thought of it like that. Yeah. And the thing is, I've never once picked up a Pro V1 and thought, I'm going to rub this off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little bit disconcerting when you suddenly have to. Yeah, and um, an apt name coming up next is Chad Cheek. Cool. I suspect Chad is not from Wishaw with a name like that. No. Two sleeves of top flight X-outs. Top flight X outs. Let me Google them. I don't. I don't remember them. Two sleeves. Did Did you say? Yeah. Sleeves. So someone's presumably bought a box of them, and then's given them what six? Top. Yeah. Top flight X outs. I did not know about them. They look horrendous. Although I do think the top flight logo is still one of the best logos in golf. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But. Absolutely. You also now know what it represents, and what it represents is not, with respect, absolute class. Yeah. Well, they when do, was the they, last they, time they, you they, saw somebody use a top flight ball? Yeah, but no, they've moved into the whole range scene, and if you're at a range, yeah. then you want a quality range ball, and a top flight golf ball for a range ball is a, it's a quality golf ball, but you're unlikely to use it on a. Yeah. Mind you, I think, um, what's his name? Guy with the glasses. Tom Kite. Tom Kite used to be sponsored <laughs> by Top Kite. Top Flight. Yeah, that was Tom Kite. they were good. Tom Kite, Tom Flight. There's a link there. So and then we got Brian Patterson. My son went bargain shopping and bought me a large right-handed woman's glove. <laughs> he assumed they were all the same and would fit my wee small male left hand. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he's he's got like a he must be like a Jeremy Beetle hand. Wee <laughs> me hand. My word. It's oh, brilliant. A tiny, small, my f- wee small male left hand. <laughs> that's that. But a woman's golf club, that's bad. Rotten. Especially when it's the wrong hand. Tim Hudson, when someone thinks they have done well but bought you Marks and Spencer's golf balls. Marks and Spencer's golf balls is another one. Gonna yeah. have to, Marks and Spencer's golf balls, two minutes. Marks and Spencer. Yeah, I don't, they must be some sort of like crappy. Do you know what I would like to try? When you talk about supermarket golf balls is the Costco ones, that, that Kirkland yes. ball. Yeah. Andrew Wilson, best was a tightless cart bag. No bad ones. I think a tightless what? cart bag. That's about 150 quid. That's unreal. That's called winning. I've never, ever had a, a present like that for golf that's been that good. It's usually no. novelty balls. I, my dad had to tell him to stop doing it, but he, I said this last year when we already did this honesty box last year, which you forgot about. Mm-hmm. My dad used to buy me extra large Polo top from a brand that I'm not going to mention. Yeah, Lime I, Green. I, I don't like getting clothes for Christmas. Lime Green anyway. with the Hilton Club, Hilton Golf Club logo on it, and I'm not a member there. Nice, Thanks, but, you know it's the classic like old man thing. He's supporting his local pro shop, and I like that. That's nice, yeah. But I'd like him to support it for his own benefit, and could not he, mine. Could he not support his son first as a top priority, and then support yes. the golf club? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. 
Martin William Revy. Three names. Brilliant. Must be minted. Pity he got a sleeve of commando golf balls for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Martin William Revy. Commando golf balls. wonder if Martin's a member of the RNA. Got you them because you're a commander. And we figured you'd like commando balls. <laughs> Mark Dyer. A tailor-made seven-wood in 1999 just moved up north and it really helped my game in March, April in the mud and rain. Nice. You're talking about mud and rain. That doesn't, that never happens in Scotland. Absolute cheek. Tell you what, a tailor-made seven-wood, again, yeah, winning. Blocked, I know. <laughs> blocked. Yeah, no, I think we mentioned this last year. Worst the, I, I really, I've stopped getting golf presents. Although someone in DC Thompson has sent me a Beano golf gift set. In the post. What? And I don't know what's in it yet. A Beano golf gift set? Yeah, something weird. So that could be interesting. I think that might go to my son. Well, surely you wouldn't keep that for yourself. Probably Grown man like you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had everything. You know, novelty mugs that double up as putting aids and all that sort of stuff that's got golfers are the best swingers in town emblazoned on the oh, side. Oh, terrible. Like, uh, yeah. Kill me. Four Ter- oh, yeah, terrible brutal. socks, golf balls that are painted to look like basketballs and tennis balls and yeah, baseballs. Perfect. What do you want for Christmas? Great question. I would like peace and harmony for all, particularly in men's professional <laughs> golf. No. Uh, You're not going to get that. What would I like? Actually, this is really geeky, but I like Chris Hadfield, who is a former astronaut. He's been in space several times. You want an astronaut for Christmas? I'm Speaking here, for God's sake, let me finish. <laughs> I hear that he's coming to Glasgow next year. To you want do... to come to your house? Did I stutter? <laughs> he is coming to Glasgow to do a talk at one of our premier venues, and I would really like to go and listen to that talk because I've read the guy's books, I've watched his programmes, and I think he is awesome. I yeah. love his perspective on life. So. When I told you that I think I'd heard him speak at <laughs> Cape Canaveral, you seemed a wee bit pissed off. Oh, massively. Yeah, the, the green-eyed monster definitely came out. You've not you've not been to Cape Canaveral, have you? No, no. no yeah. not. It's a dump. Is it, though? Yeah. It's quite cool. Like, you get to see Cape Canaveral, but as soon as you leave that area, it's not the nicest. But it's pretty cool to go and see. I'd, I'd, I'd like to go and see it, because I like space. Apollo 13 is one of my favourite films. Oh, you don't get time. to go into space? Do you not? <laughs> Do they have things from space there, though? Like Yeah, there's know? like, there, apparently there's moon rock there, and you can actually touch the moon rock. I'm one of those people like, <laughs> yeah. Hang on a second, if you wait, can touch it, that's not from the moon. Wait a minute. And as we all know, they didn't go there in I'm 69. I'm not convinced anyway, that is. So. You know, I've not been there for the last 50 years, I don't think. It's funny that, isn't it? We now have the most advanced technology that we've ever had. But we've not gone back. But we've not gone back. Yeah. It feels like that's something they should get. I don't know they're thinking about it, but maybe Chris can explain that next year when he comes into my house for dinner, Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? I actually bought hair. my Christmas present. <laughs> hair would be nice, but I do think it would be <laughs> weird to just to suddenly go back to having hair. Yeah, really? That'd be a bit weird. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not into the whole, uh, would you call it the weave? Oh, right. Yeah. Because yes. I know you're rocking the power donut right now. <laughs> so <laughs> you would look ridiculous suddenly having a full hair. Here, listen. Hair. Tiger Woods is my style icon. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. No, last year somebody bought me an Aunt Middleton book and I actually saw it last night on the bookshelf and I thought I'd understand why I still have that. Well, you were saying last week that, It's awful. It's, you know, it's but, awful. You were saying last week, obviously, cost of living and all that sort of stuff. You are saying firewood's expensive. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to use it to Stick it start to light the kindling. It's, yeah. it's, abso- it's an appalling book. Aunt I don't care Middleton. if he hears me. It's absolutely dreadful. 
I used to be in the SAS. Yeah, right, cool. Good for you, mate. I'm, I'm pleased. Can you now just... you got to wake up every day and face what's going in front of you. Face your fears. Yeah, my yeah. fear is you, yeah, mate, hanging around. awful. So please kindly go away. So hopefully I don't get any more Aunt Middleton books. You get some astronaut mm-hmm. and the kids are happy and we'll rock into January for a new year of golf. Cannot wait. But it's been listen, a good year. It has been a good year. Listen... Before I talk about how I've hosted this podcast, thanks to all the listeners. Mm -hmm. It's been an amazing year. We've loved it. We have to finish on a sad note because a couple of weeks ago, this here podcast (laughs) was up for an award and we lost to Jackie Bird. Jackie Bird is a podcast. She won. We didn't. I'm not going to lie, looking across the table when Jackie didn't even bother coming to too collect the award. She's too big time. We did. And I had to look at Michael McCune's face as Jackie Bird's minions. Lackeys. Lackeys went up onto the stage and collected their poxy award and we didn't get anything. But you know what? We're winners anyway. Well, we were the last ones to leave that yes. night. Yes, so we won the night. Exactly. And as I think I pointed out, I was up for columnist of the year as well, and I didn't win that. We we, we came home empty-handed. Yes. But listen, who needs an engraved bit of wood? I don't anyway? need awards. I don't need it. And the columnist of the year shortlist had two women and me, so technically, technically, I'm the best male columnist. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh-huh. You know, I've got that. But you know, no, look, we don't need awards. We just need listeners and you guys are the best. Yeah, and if it wasn't for our listeners, we wouldn't have been nominated in the first Spawn. place anyway. So thank you very much to everyone for listening. And I'll be honest, this is the first time I've ever hosted a podcast. And I think I absolutely smashed it. I think you did okay, yeah. There's, and I've I got think, some notes. I think we're going to do some notes and some homework. Yes. I think we're going to do some something a bit special next year. Yeah. What we've got to come is going to be pretty awesome. But for this year... Listen, everybody, thank you for listening. Special thanks to our sponsor, Callaway. Without them, we would be jobless. (laughs) Thank you very much. We've got a lot to be excited about. Have a great Christmas. We will see you in 2023. Thank you and goodbye.